Welcome to the Wealthwise Show, where financial success meets informed decisions. I'm your host, The Wise Investor, and I'm here to guide you through the fascinating world of finance and help you to make wise choices. Join us as we unravel the secrets of smart investing, effective money management strategies, and the different realms of financial education. Remember, the information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only and educational purposes only. Always consult a financial professional before making any major financial decisions. Now let's start the show. Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode. I appreciate you guys listening to me talk for 26 weeks, because uh, I think this is episode 26. Uh, if you heard last week's episode, you stuck around to the end, then you know that it's a week for you guys, but literally 10 seconds for me. Um, so I appreciate it, uh, you guys listening. Uh, I'm going to um, do my best to, you know, give you guys quality content, give you guys wisdom. Okay, that's my job. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening. Um, and today's episode, I really want to talk about 401ks again. Now talking about 401ks and IRAs last week, uh, this week I'm going to be talking about how to save for retirement without a 401k. And it kind of goes into the, you know, 401k versus, uh, IRA topic as well. But, you know, some people may not have their job may not offer a 401k you know there's tons of jobs out there that don't offer 401ks and your job may be one of them but that doesn't mean you shouldn't save for retirement you know just because your job doesn't offer it and so today's episode is going to go into talking about how like if someone doesn't have a employee sponsor plan what can they do um so understand that um you know, if you want to save a retirement, there are tons of options. And like I talked about last week, IRAs are one of them. Uh, and there are two types of IRAs. You know, you got your traditional IRAs. And IRAs are individual retirement accounts. And, you know, abbreviated as IRAs. And I'm going to say IRA because it's just easier for me to say. And, you know, my tongue get twisted very quickly. And it's a bad time for everybody to hear me trying to pronounce words. So IRA is great. So you have your traditional IRAs and you have your Roth IRAs. Now, last week I did talk about, you know, I, sometime in my history, short history of podcasting, uh, I did mention, um, that's my chair, by the way. Uh, I did mention about the difference between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Go back to my catalog. I'm pretty sure that's there but um understand that traditional iras are you know you can c- contribute to them uh and actually generally iras in general traditional roth you're going to be able to contribute to them uh and the contributions depending on the year so the year 2023 here now if hopefully you're listening to this in 2023 if you're listening to this in the future i appreciate you going back th- through the catalog you know you're a real one um, but the tr- contributions for this year is um, sixty five hundred bucks for IRAs, um, and if you're over fifty, the contributions are seventy five hundred bucks. 
Um, and you can have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, but that don't mean you can contribute 65 and 65. No, that's not how that works. It's still 65 around all around for IRAs. So you can still have both, but you still will have to make sure you're well within that limit. So you can't just, you know, you don't get double the money, double the contributions because of that. So understanding, um, the big differences between traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs is how they're taxed. That's really it. Um, when you have a traditional IRA, how it works is you open up the IRA, you put your contributions in there. And when you, you go to through your taxes, you say, Hey, I contribute this X amount to my IRA and they're going to deduct that money from, you know, your taxes. And when you go to, let's say you go to retirement age and you retire at 59 and a half, you know, right on a dot and you go and you want to take out your first withdrawal payment from your IRA, then you're going to get hit with a ordinary income tax then. And the ideal is you should be making less in retirement than you are when you're, while you're working. So that's where the incentive is. So you'll be in a lower tax bracket. And that's typically how traditional IRAs work. You contribute, you get tax deductions, you go withdraw at retirement, you pay a lower tax rate. With Roth IRAs, it's a little different. So pretty much you don't get a tax break for adding money to the account. That's how that works. Um, so if you get have a Roth IRA, you go to work, you get your check, you pay your taxes, and then anything that's left over after you pay your taxes and you contribute that to your IRA, your Roth IRA, I should say, then you've already paid the taxes on that contribution. So if you have a qualified distributions or you, you have qualified distributions, you know, meaning, you know, you reach the age and you have the account for at least five years and things like that. Uh, you have the account for at least five years since you, your first contribution, uh, then you can withdraw that money tax free. And let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars over 50 years in your IRA. You know, you, you, I don't know how you are. I, maybe that's a lot too long, long of a time span for, 50 years is a long time. Uh, okay, let's say 30 years and you put over uh, 25,000 bucks in there. And that 25,000 bucks in your Roth IRA, um, you invested it in some S&P 500 ETFs, you know, and the market went up and you made an additional $10,000. These are all round numbers I'm, I'm coming up on the spot. I have show notes, but I'm currently not looking at them. Um, this is me freestyling. Hopefully it's better. Um, and you made your 10,000 bucks uh, in that time span and you go to withdraw your money. Well, tax free, essentially. Um, so that's why people like Roths. Now, the thing is about Roths is they do have a, um, a limit to how much money you can or how much money you can make. So traditional IRAs don't have an income limit, but Roth IRAs do. Um, and typically the biggest drawback from traditional and Roth IRAs are the low contribution limits. Um, so, you know, 6,500 is a lot for me. Like I said, anything over a dollar is a lot of money. So 
6500 bucks a year is a lot but some people that might not be a lot that might not be enough uh, especially if your employer doesn't offer a 401k um, so 6500 bucks might not be a lot to contribute to some people but you know I, I like to tell people it's not that something is better than nothing uh, so the contribution limits is low uh, and if you make too much money, you can't contribute to Roths. You know, there is a like I said, income limit, but there is no income limit for traditional, um, what you call it, traditional IRAs. I, I I keep forgetting that you know this is going out to a lot of people, and I can't just say what you call it. I got to say what I mean and mean what I say. Um, so if you do have an IRA, that's one way you can prepare for retirement without a 401k. Now, let's say you have your IRA and you know you max it out but you still like i said your job you make a crap ton of money your job still don't have a 401k well you're gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way which is typically go get your brokerage account you know fund a brokerage account is you know a non-retirement account and invest in different instruments and some instruments can be tax uh, advantage um like municipal bonds or your treasuries and things like that um and you know invest in stocks and stuff now of course you know if you're investing in stocks and you're really invested in the markets you do have a higher risk um you know especially if you're investing in individual stocks um but you know if you have a fiduciary if you have a someone who can really help guide you through that pretty much minefield then you know you can and not saying you can't do it yourself there's plenty of people who are self-directing their brokerage accounts and they're doing just fine because investing is not that hard it's just sometimes people get a little beside themselves because you know they get they get beside themselves so instead of investing in you know the s p 500 etfs they go and invest in a bunch of different stocks with a bunch of different names because so and so said it or they heard it on here and they heard it there and they lose a bunch of money. But just try to keep, if it's for retirement, try to keep it simple, simple as possible. You know, you can also do low, very low risk investments like CDs um, and bonds, you know, and just invest in those things for a retirement. And, you know, understand that, you know, you will probably, you will have to pay taxes on those gains. But, you know, if you don't have the option of if you max out your four or you max out your IRA and you don't have the option for a 401k, these are just, you know the game you have to play essentially. Uh, and there's other things you can do if you don't have a 401k. Uh, you can do a tax deferred annuities. Um, you know, as a fiduciary, especially someone who works with retirees, especially state retirees, you know, annuities is something that can really help those who don't have a pension who don't have a 401k who don't have a retirement plan essentially um because annuities are basically like a pension essentially um you know you know is basically you're buying a pension uh sorry i'm treating something here uh but you don't care about that you're listening to a podcast so you want to hear me talk so understand too guys annuities are not for everybody and that's i'm going to stress that so much because especially here in uh, Florida where I'm at, you know, people throw annuities at everyone that they see who is nearing 50. And it's like, you know, if you are a state employee, especially here in Florida, you typically will have a pension. 
uh, you t- typically would take Social Security at 60, 66, or 68, whatever. And you usually, your income will maybe lower with your pension and your Social Security. It might not be the same as you working, but so is your expenses. Um, and now you might, some might say, well, not really, because as you get older, you get sick, sickly and all that stuff. But I'm talking about state employees who also get subsidies for health care. Um, so, you know, if you are one of these people, you know, do you really need an annuity? Really understand that annuities are there to help fill gaps of income. Um, so, you know, if you are someone who don't have a 401k and you're planning for retirement, well, guess what? You might have a gap of income. Like you might have a gap in your income. And so you may need a annuity. Um, and there's all sorts of different types of annuity. Um, you know, I'm licensed to sell them and I'm still get confused sometimes. Uh, I did the test. I read the books. I read, I, I, you know, because I'm a, technically I'm also an insurance broker as well, where I work with different uh, insurance companies to help my clients. But their products, they come out with products every time I turn around. A new product is coming out. Um, so th- understand that are, there are a bunch of different types. But also understand annuities uh, are t- contracts with life insurance companies. So understand that. They, I, 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 I'm trying not to go on a rant because I am a fiduciary and sometimes insurance salesmen who sell annuities for large commissions, they have it, they make it very tough for fiduciaries to do their job and understand. And I say this because I've met with so many different clients and prospects who feel like, you know, they got a fiduciary, but it's really insurance salesman. So after you sign the paperwork and they either get the commissions, they're not going to talk to you again. And or they don't understand that they these annuities are contracts with life insurance companies. They don't understand that at all. Or it's not they don't understand it. They don't know that it's a life insurance product. Um, and, and three, they feel like they're invested in the markets. And technically, there are some annuities who invest in the markets. But it's still a life insurance contract. So there's going to be rules. There's going to be penalties for um, surrender charges. You know, you're not, like I said before, with, you know, some 401ks last week, you can't invest in certain things. They give you a list, but it might not be what you want to invest in. And, you know, so understand if you do need an annuity, make sure you talk with a fiduciary have a fiduciary look into it for you because yes fiduciaries is you know like like i said i'm licensed to sell annuities but that's a hat that i'm only going to put on if my client absolutely needs it you know my client don't need it then i'm not going to put the hat on because they don't need it you know my job is to whatever my client needs i'm there to provide it for them um so you know when uh, I'm spending way too much time on annuities. You can tell this is sort of a sore spot for me. Um, and it's only a sore spot be- for me because I have tons of clients who get into these contracts and they don't understand what they're getting themselves into. And I have to be the bearer of bad news to tell them, like, hey, man, they're not going to give you money without getting some money from you. <laughs> and, you know, some of these surrender charges can be up to the tens of thousands of dollars. 
Um, so it's like, you know, understand that, yes, annuities have their place, but make sure if you're going to purchase one, that one, you fully know what you're purchasing Two, you at least have your fiduciary look over it for you. Uh, just don't trust anyone with a pretty smile. Um, so moving on, you know, there are some other ways to invest for your retirement if you don't have a 401k. But honestly, the best ones are going to be, you know, your IRAs, your self-directed, your brokerage accounts, because all 401ks are going to do is the same thing, invest your money into certain um, portfolios, things like that. But understand if you are doing it yourself, you're taking on that risk and you mean it means you have to be a lot more agile and a lot more sophisticated. And that doesn't mean if you're not sophisticated, you can't get sophisticated. You can learn. You can you know ask questions, talk to people, research. You know, it is going to require you to do a little bit more work. But at the end of the day, your goals for retirement is your goals and you are in control of that. So understand I got really philosophical there. All right. Uh, so understand that, you know, if you're going to don't have a 401k, your company's not offered, then that's OK. There are tons of options out there for you to make sure you, you achieve your goals. Um, and they do have robot, robot, robo advisors. There's, you know, um, different brokerages out there, different companies, different apps that can really be useful. Um, a tool. I'm not affiliated with this company. But I did meet um, a couple of weeks ago. I was in California for um, a an advisor festival called Future Proof. Uh, it was put on by the guys at Risk Health Wealth Management, Josh Brown, um, the Compound and Friends, uh, Bear Risk Holtz and all them. Uh, they're fabulous event. Uh, it's for advisors, you know, put on by advisors for advisors, uh, and I learned a lot. Um, but the reason I'm bringing this up because I was able to meet um, Caleb Silva, which is someone who um, most of you may not know, but a lot of you may know. Um, you know, he, he's the editor in chief, I believe, of Investopedia. Uh, and Investopedia is a tool, uh, not a tool. Well, it is a tool, but it is a platform that gives you an immense knowledge when it comes down to all things finance. So, you know, investopedia.com, like I said, I'm not affiliated with them. You know, I met Caleb. He's a really nice guy. Um, and, you know, I use Investopedia all the time. And even while I'm doing my research or while I'm doing my research on these topics and, you know, fill out show notes, I use Investopedia to, you know, fact check myself. Um, oh, of course, with other things, making sure, you know, fact check, like actual law. So if there's like a law I'm saying, you know, I'm going to go to the law to make sure it's the law. But also use Investopedia to kind of help out with that, too. But anywho, Investopedia is great. So if you are, you know, a little daunting, you're like, hey, man, I don't know, man, a lot of this sounds scary. Investopedia, you know, you can do a lot of research on there and it makes it digestible. I said that right. Digestible. I said that wrong. Anywho, it makes it nice. It makes it easy. It makes it chewable. You know, it cuts it up in little pieces so you can so you can chew it and you can get in your body and it can you your body your mind can be neutralized. Uh, okay. Point is, Investopedia. Use them. Sorry guys. 
Um, it's late. Uh, like I said before, I do this, these episodes in batches, and I'm kind of tired. Um, but understand that even if you're saving for retirement or not, you can still, you know, learn something from pretty much all this content that I'm putting out. Someone you may know, you know, you might have auntie, grandma, uncle, whatever, who might not have a 401k, who don't have an IRA, and they're about to retire next year. These are things that you can help them um, with it because, you know, everyone deserves help. You know, it's okay. Information should be given out freely. At least that's my opinion. So uh, that's going to be it, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for another another wonderful episode uh, for listening and all that good stuff. Um, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be out because I am only did these two episodes, um, like I said last week. Um, so... I have no preview, so but we're going to see. If you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, if you have any, like, hey, man, talk about this. Go ahead, put it in the comment section, put it, uh, email it to me. I don't think I have an email yet for this podcast. I should probably get one. You know, message, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, and let me know uh, what you think. And I appreciate you guys listening. Um, and, yeah, until next time, stay well, fly. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Sub advisory services are provided by Simplicity Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Any insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Wealthwise Show. The Wealthwise Show is not affiliated with Simplicity Wealth and Simplicity Solutions.